This episode is sponsored by the Financial Due Diligence Framework Course. If you're doing any type of financial analysis and participate in M&A, strategy, or turnaround projects, you absolutely need to check out this course. By completing this comprehensive video course, you'll be strongly armed to analyze the P&L of any company and to be able to provide actionable, insightful reports. This course teaches you how to properly understand the methodology of how to conduct thorough financial analysis and what is important in financial due diligence. If you're looking for a career in transaction services in one of the big four, in a transaction services boutique, or to be a better private equity professional or M&A associate, you'll get a solid foundation to land your next job. And as a special offer, if you use the code SASDistrict, you'll get $100 off the entire course made specifically for our listeners. So if you're interested, go check out horizoncapital.com slash learn due diligence. So, Paul, I want to move kind of to the second part of this podcast episode where we will talk, we'll be talking about disruptive marketing, the future of AI advertising and slacktivism. So, Paul, you kind of mentioned this term before. We heard you talk about, you know, slacktivism. For those in our audience who maybe who haven't heard about that term, can you explain what it is and what is the kind of the myth around purpose-driven consumerism? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I think um, I think there's this this um, notion that like we we all like a lot of brands, a lot of companies, um, we're we're trying to create um, experiences that are or trying to create brands that are all built around a purpose and some sort of like reason for being in the world. Hmm. And 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 so you know a lot of a lot of organizations I think over rotate on, on this because. Um, you know, there. When you look at what consumer response is and what the general public is actually buying and why they're buying things, um, you know, I think that they're just doing things for convenience. So if you look at at certain brands like Uber, who you know in the the, the mid 2010s they got were being called out um, quite a bit in terms of like their behavior. Um, what we saw was like a moment in time when when uh, consumers actually cared. And so, uh, you know, I think that, you know, when you look at that, you look at, you know, brands like United, uh, who did a whole bunch of really, really bad things, but their stock price never really took an impact. And, and I don't know what their booking revenue looked like, but at the time, it probably, probably wasn't too affected by it anyway. So, you know, you, you have a lot of companies, a lot of brands who feel like they need to like latch on to things like what Patagonia is doing um, and, and other folks, which is, is really kind of drive some sort of purpose forward. But I think that it has to come from like, you know, the, the, the um, initial stages of why a company is actually started or, or it's going to be like in Patagonia's case, it's going to like grow into it. So, you know, I think, I think what the, 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 the real kind of challenge here is like understanding consumers and what's going to actually make them them shift. There's like, don't get me wrong, there's fundamental things that that companies need to do in terms of uh, diversity and inclusiveness and and making sure that that we're we're creating um, uh, equal playing fields and 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 all of these kinds of things. But when it comes to like really focused on like a CSR strategy for a brand. I'm not convinced that it's actually something that's going to really drive consumer intent, and that they're all what what most com- what most people are really focused on is like their core needs of like what's going to dr- help me save time, give me right. something more convenient. It's like faster, better, stronger. Give me those things, and and that's what I want to buy from you. 
And why do you think that kind of like the whole, the overall, you know, modern consumer has shifted to more that, that driven sense of needing social responsibility or, or, or at least, you know, we think that's what the solution is to within our business. But and would you say this is happening in every market or are you seeing it in specific ones? Yeah, no, I think, I think it, it def, it will, it peaks up at, t- at different times. And, and I think like overall, like there are, are, I think there's like a desire for for brands to be more, uh, you know. I think social responsibility is absolutely something that that exists in in the market and 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 may or may not drive some behaviors. Like you know, I think I think the good thing is like you know what's happening today with a lot of the tech platforms being called out for for their role and and making mm. sure that what they're doing is 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 good is uh is is excellent and that that needs to happen but it i think what it what it comes down to is like is are these things going to be actually purchase drivers or are these things that we need to do today so there's things that we just fundamentally need to do and behave as 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 uh as companies and as employers and and the things that we need to do um but i think where where it gets really kind of questionable is like as you know as this notion of purpose-driven brands is everybody a purpose-driven brand because we have to behave in a certain way now or right. or are we striving to be um, uh, purpose-driven around a specific type of goal so I think I think the the real kind of shift here is like you know if if you're wanting to do that as a company and you know if I'm starting a company that's going to always donate back into um, into into things like uh, you know making sure that uh, uh, you know I'm to reduce plastics in the ocean that's great and if it's like mm. that's in your core DNA and it's going to be part of your core experience awesome lean into it and do it whether or not that's going to actually drive um, uh, drive adoption and drive growth as a core growth strategy is, I, I think, is still uh, questionable in terms of whether whether anybody's actually seen results from it. Yeah, it's interesting. You guys should, should maybe run that experiment, right? Like, say, you know, Freshworks or Freshbooks now offers you know free uh, you know accounting audit for every you know uh, you know ten. 10 trials that we run this month or something like that, right? I don't know. There's, there's different things you can kind of do interestingly and see if, if it actually does lead to any additional sales. You're, you're probably right. I probably agree with you that it might, you know, there's probably a small percentage of people who it would really resonate with, but in kind of the yeah. grand scheme, I don't think it's, it's a, it's a initial kind of the first strategy that, that, that leads the business, right? Yeah, just like I, I kind of put it all in influencer marketing too. I don't know a lot mm-hmm. of brands that were built off of inf- influencer marketing and uh, things to that effect. But yeah, that's that's a good topic for another uh, another day. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I kind of maybe that goes into our next kind of question where we, you know, I think you talk about innovative, disruptive marketing, um, and yeah. I think you shared a great example of us where you know where Netflix was spending something like. 160 million dollars to to promote one one show versus a, a random YouTube YouTuber. Um, can you kind of share that story and, and what is an AI or machine learning advertising and why do you believe it's the future of ads? Yeah, it's it's just funny like how how uh, how to create content that people love uh, is is the question that we've been trying to solve, you know, as as marketers for years and and what you know everybody in the SaaS space we're just constantly in this search for like what marketing is gonna is gonna kick off like those viral moments for us or 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 help drive our growth um, uh, and and really kind of comes from there. And so, you know, when, when folks like Netflix are, are spending huge amounts of money in their R&D and understanding what they should be doing in terms of what their, their, um, what their catalog should look like and what they should be investing in versus folks who are, are content creators who, who are generating content and, uh, you know, are spending a lot of time and effort into it, but don't have the departments or the, the, the focus that folks like, like big studios like, like Netflix and other folks do. It's, it's really about like, how do we then apply all of this, um, to, to what we're doing and the content that we're creating. So, I mean, in the SaaS world, there's like obvious places that we go. You know, we're all, we're, we're spending, 
um, good amounts of money in terms of people and resources on stuff like SEO. And, and what are, what are going to make people click on that next thing? And what's going to make all of the um, algorithms want to come to point to our site? And so, you know, I think that um, part of this, it's, a, it's definitely an art and science to these things and, and what it is that's going to feed our roadmap. So, you know, we, we, we spend, mm-hmm. you know, we spend money on like thousands and thousands of SEO pages a year. And, and it's just one of those things that we need to do. Uh, you look at folks like, you know, I've got two kids. One's 12, the other's eight. My 12-year-old, two years ago, he's like, I want a Mr. Beast sweatshirt. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and it's like, you're paying for it out of, out of like money you got from, from, uh, from your birthday or something. And he's like, okay. But it's like, when you look at like how other folks are generating, uh, generating um, uh, all of this kind of activity, it's, it's, it's super interesting. You know, yeah. when it gets to AI and machine learning, like... The future of advertising, like one of the things that I've been like really wanting to happen is like, when can I put in a bunch of variables into a, into a machine and the machine will, will, will spit out the perfect ads for me? You know, I, I've worked in, and I started off in advertising and, and one of the, the early times, like I worked on, uh, on tech and I worked on some, some car uh, companies and I'm like, you know, we worked, we built a lot of ad mats and ad mats were just like, Hey, send them off to dealers and the dealers put the stuff that they want to in the middle. And they do a lot of starbursts and horrible things to the creative. Um, but, but it's, it's kind of like been what advertising has been a bit since the beginning of time. And, mm. and it's like most advertising, like 99% of advertising that's out there is, is pretty formulaic. And, and the things that, um, that machine learning and AIs are, are, are good for is when it's pretty formulaic. And so I think, I think this industry has been one that's just been so slow to, to change. Um, it, it, nothing has really happened in it. But, but you know, if, if when I was at Shutterstock, I was like, hey, we're sitting on this massive corpus of, uh, or this massive database of, of videos and images and music, Mm-hmm. But ad, ads need words, <laughs> and and yeah. ads need a, a, a creative thought behind it. So it's like, how do we how do we stitch this all together? Because what some some really interesting companies were doing was exactly that. There were, were companies that were taking videos from us and then just like stitching them together and putting in like, here's the place where you put your 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 logo, and here's the place where you put a couple uh, supers, and and then bang, you've got video ads for that you can run on Facebook and Instagram. And so mm-hmm. you know, it, it, there are companies that they're doing it, but they're just pretty small still. So so they're and they're empowering like the entire universe to be able to become video advertisers. So so it's mm-hmm. like you know that we've we've scaled the buying side of the universe through. Facebook and and Google and other platforms, but we haven't scaled the um, we haven't scaled the creation side of the universe. And when that creation side is so big and so uh, so formulaic in in most of the stuff it's doing, then then there really presents an opportunity there. So, so do you still believe these maybe these technologies, uh, you know, AI technology specifically, are ready to take over the market? Or you, know, you mentioned there's few that are still young. Um, or, you know, just experimental to actually overtake the ad industry at some point, or are we still far away from that? I think it's all going to be, I don't think anybody's spending enough time trying to solve it. Um, Mm. the great, I think, you know, now like a, I think where most, um, you know, where I see like the advancements in, especially in things like AI is like in the automotive industry, like they're solving big problems. I don't think the ad industry really thinks it's got a big problem and they're, 
they're perfectly capable of, of or perfectly happy still working in a, in a, in a space where we pay writers and art directors and other folks to be able to build things. They're just really kind of managing their, their cost side of the equation and making sure people will pay them. But I think that there, there is like a pretty, pretty huge opportunity there. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm eager that there are, there are lots of companies out there that are looking to solve this. And so um, mm. if there are any that are listening here, they can they by absolutely reach out to me on Twitter or somewhere like that. And, and I, I would love to hear what they're up to. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, so Paul, this has been super, super helpful, I think, for, for all of our audience listening and kind of, kind of want to switch gears more on the, the personal level and maybe more rapid fire questions. Um, sure. you know, in terms of fresh books itself, uh, I'd love to hear kind of, you know, quick background of yourself and then with fresh books, where are you guys in terms of size today? How are you guys growing? Um, yeah. you know, just share a little details there. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I've, I've been at fresh books for, um, uh, just over two years now. Um, my my career has always been large corporate companies, small startups, and so I've kind of flipped back and forth between those those different roles, and and now I've kind of gone back into hey, let's get into to to pushing SaaS and what's going on there. In terms of size today, you know, we're just uh, we're we're over. Uh, I think it's 500 and some odd people now. We've got uh, office uh, offices in Toronto, Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, Amsterdam, and uh, in Croatia. Um, mm-hmm. it, our, our our growth we're still private, so I can't really speak to to, to sure. user growth and stuff. We're in we're in kind of uh, good good quality two digit uh, growth year over year, um, mm-hmm. and and are really seeing some uh, upswing uh, from. Uh, the digitization of, of businesses and the digital regulations that are going into play uh, all around the world uh, in terms of, of uh, enabling small businesses. And then, you know, Paul, being the CMO of, of you know, a pretty big company here has to be kind of quite demanding. How do you measure your own leadership success within your own team? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, the things that I can really control are um, like the goals, the people, and priorities. So. You know, uh, at the end of it, I'm always measured by: Are we hitting the plan? So, so that that's that's what I look at on a on a on a day in and day out basis. Uh, but from so, a department, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No. So, I mean, is it very data driven? You'd say, like, like this is the numbers. Are we hitting our numbers? Yes or no? That's my success uh, based on that. Uh, that that's what's gonna that's what it's gonna make sure whether I have a job tomorrow or or not. So it's uh, I, I have to make sure we're doing that. But but you know, with goals and performance and. Um, uh, or, or goals and and people and priorities. The next thing is like, hey, are, I, are, are is everybody here? Like, the only way I'm going to hit my goals is if is if um, is if the people are here. They know what they're doing. They're they're motivated to do it, and uh, and I'm not dumping too much stuff onto their plates, and uh, they're not running around with too many things. So so as, you know, I, I then try to shift to the people side of the equation just to make sure that you know we're all aligned to what we're trying to do. We all understand what we're trying to do. Uh, make sure the entire department gets that. And and that um, and that we're really really focused and and they're happy doing those types of things too. So I think it's a healthy balance between like making sure I've got like um, a really really positive and motivated department um, alongside with uh, with delivering the results that I need to do. Nice, Paul. What's one piece of advice you wish you had known and you would tell your twenty five year old self today? Yeah, uh, follow your gut. Um, it's uh, it's generally right. So every time I found myself like um, uh, in, a, in a situation that I didn't want to be in, it was when I, 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 I wasn't following what my gut instinct was. So, you know, I found a company called Feast. It was in the food tech space when a bunch of, company, a bunch of companies were going into that area. 
um, bunch of funding was going in there. We I, in Toronto, we we basically had the same model uh, and launched the same model as like uh, a Muntree or, or or Maple um, in uh, in New York, and so um, we were doing it there, and we we all kind of launched around the same time, and uh, and and so because I was like I was the tech and marketing person. I it wasn't a food person at all, but I was like constantly like mm, we could get more efficient there, and the food people would be like, "That's not how you do it in food." I'm like, mm. I'm like, I don't like the answer to that. We have to change <laughs> these things, and so um, I think like every time I've, I've 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 ended up in a situation I didn't want to be in, it just really was that like that gut instinct. So you you just like as much as you want to be data driven, listen to your mm. gut. Mm. Love it. What are some of the biggest challenges you're currently facing in, in order to continue to grow fresh, fresh books today? Meaning, you know, what, what keeps yeah. you up at night these days? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'd say like these days, it's, it's, uh, it's really people. Um, mm. You know, we're, it's, a, it's a seller's market out there right now. Um, as we've kind of, uh, as, as companies have gone back into growth mode, as markets have been opening up or we're trying to move beyond uh, or in the new normal of what, what pandemic life is, I think like we've, we're, we're trying to operate again. And uh, it is, we are, are truly moved, like moved into a global market. So, you know, where before a lot of times people would try to find your talent from different places uh, or, or they might be more localized. Now people mm. are hunting for people anywhere. So it's, it's mm. a really interesting dynamic on how the world has gone global. So very, very quickly. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's really about trying to, trying to make sure we can, can get the right kind of people in terms of hitting the growth that we want to get. Yeah. Are you guys still hiring uh, locally in the, the Toronto area? Are you, are you guys have moved remotely and uh, looking well, for people all over? All over, like we've got, um, yeah. I mean, we're we're I've I've added a bunch of people in Croatia. Um, we've got oh, sorry, we also have an office down in in, in Mexico, and so I'm I'm looking for folks there. But it's like we're I'm just like you know anywhere across the states in Europe. Like it, it really doesn't matter to me if I'm trying to find a growth marketer. I don't care if they're in Toronto or if they're in London or if they're in Amsterdam. I'm just trying to find the best people uh, now, and and a lot of organizations are moving to that. Nice. So if anybody listening in is, is looking for, for a growth marketer job, uh, reach sure. out to Paul, see if he's got something for you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Paul, who or what are the best three uh, resources? It can be books, it can be people, mentors, or people you follow, who you'd say have been the most instrumental to your success over these last few years? I, I always hate this question because like I'm I'm not a like I'm not a voracious reader. Um, okay. Podcast. And, and, any, any, any yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Like I mean, I, I have like a whole. I I'm like a very. I, I here's what I do, and here's like kind of like whether people can do this or not. It's 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 um you know it's up to them. But it's like I love learning about topics. Mm-hmm. So and and those topics may not just be be within like marketing or or whatever. Like it's really like, hey, I'm into this this thing, and I will go to I like watch YouTube videos. I go and and look at tutorials. I take like a course. Um, I go deep into that kind of stuff. Like I, you know, I, okay. I um, when I when I first wanted to understand what machine learning was, um, I shared an office with our our chief. Um, uh, data science officer at a company I was at called SyncApps. And so he would be flipping me academic articles um, uh, around around different approaches and stuff. So I, I would be like trying to soak all this stuff in. So I, I'm more like kind of utility-based where I go mm. into like a, a specific thing and try to learn that, that as much and absorb as much of that that one thing as I, I possibly can. And it's interesting mm. because I just finished a, a, a 
a, a build up. You mentioned in the in the intro at a cabin that I have up north, and I was like, I need to learn how to parge a styrofoam foundation. So, but the last <laughs> thing I was doing for the last week was how to properly parge a styrofoam foundation, mm. <laughs> and that was all YouTube. So just YouTube, okay? Interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Some people learn different ways. So I, I love YouTube myself. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, what does uh, success mean to you today? I mean, there's no right answer here, but you know, it can be personally, business, financially, life. How do you define it yourself? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's. Now, I think I'm really focused now more on like, what can I, what can I give back, or or am I contributing enough? Um, so it, I wouldn't say it's like what what success looks like for me, but it's like I don't I don't know really how to define that um, today. Hmm. But it's like the type of thing where what I'm trying to do is is on on my journey. Um, is is really try to figure out how can, how can I do more? So whether it's like giving more back to my kids' lives and making sure that I'm putting them in the dire- direction, whether I'm giving back to other people's um, lives and careers, um, I'm I'm really trying to focus on like focus on like how to, how can I give back to help other people be successful um, in in their journeys of growth and what they're doing. So if if yes. there is anybody who who wants to talk to me, they can always go um, uh, to. Sync.co, uh, C-I-N-C.co, and I've got a link where people can book time with me. And, and I started doing this last year and uh, found it hugely. Um, uh, it, it was just really gratifying to, to, I think, to myself, to other people I was talking to because we were just, you know, bashing through ideas, talking about, um, uh, you know, whether it was someone's a business and someone to start, or whether it was career advice or something. Um, I'm, I'm really just trying to focus there. Nice. Any so you know, just thanks for being here, Paul. Really appreciate you jumping on SAS District and sharing all, all your knowledge and wisdom. Um, other than that link, which we'll add in our show notes for people to check out, um, where else can founders or marketers listening in get in touch with you and maybe learn more about you or, or FreshBooks? Yeah, for sure. So um, uh, if they just Google Cowan PKC, um, they will find all of the socials and um, and LinkedIn and all those places. Or I'm just Paul K Cowan uh, on LinkedIn. So okay. uh, very, very easy to find me. Awesome. We'll add that for people to check out. Thank you. Thank you so much once again, Paul. Really appreciate you uh, jumping on today. Thank you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you all for listening in to this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SaaS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at horizoncapital.com. And myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Horizon Capital and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and hope to see you on the next one.